Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com, the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast, the number one podcast hosted by the son of two Mexican immigrants who also happens to be a physical therapist, number one on the charts, number one in your hearts. Today, I do want to talk a little bit more about Saquon Barkley after last night's game, hit on the Detroit backfield, a couple of pass catchers in Indianapolis, talk a little bit about the Philadelphia tight ends. But first, I also want to give you some tentative return dates. So, I tweeted this out earlier today. There are a few tentative return dates for a few players coming back from injury. And of course, these can change depending on what the team decides to do, uh, different issues that might come up. And obviously, every recovery is different. But here are some tentative projected return dates for players. Rashad Bateman, week five. Michael Gallup, week five. Michael Thomas, week seven. Jerry Judy, week five or six. Ryan Fitzpatrick, week 10. And Curtis Samuel, we don't really know yet. So those are the tentative return dates for these players. Rashad Bateman is probably somebody you're going to want to stash sooner rather than later. Michael Thomas will be a week seven return. It might be week eight or nine before we see him really get his full sea legs under him. Same things with Jerry Judy. The week after Jerry Judy comes back, I wouldn't use him in DFS too much. But that first, that second week back might be a little better for Jerry Judy. So Saquon. Funny, right? I tweeted a bit of a joke. I said it'd be nice to see Saquon get a 30-yard touchdown run in garbage time. Turns out he got a 40-yard, I think, run is what it was. But um, did score a touchdown, right? And he was mostly bottled up. And there's the case to be made about whether it was a Washington defense or if he didn't have room to run. But he's still looking springy. He's looking athletic. And he's still getting a sea legs under him, so don't panic. He's going to get this mini buy, the 10 days, to figure it out. And he saw 80% of the snaps, 84% of the snaps, which is what I was saying in the beginning all offseason. I was saying nobody knows what the Giants will do with him. They're bringing him along slowly, but they did feed him 84% of the running back snaps. If he starts seeing more targets, it is wheels up on Saquon Barkley. If you have not acquired him yet, go do it now. You could probably get him on the cheap. I don't know. It depends. Everybody's perception is different. So week two, here we are, and there aren't very many injuries to talk about other than Josh Jacobs. Um, I could say that this is probably going to be a multi-week absence. I mean, he's got an ankle issue and a toe issue now. The Raiders might just shut him down for a couple of weeks. Marcus Mariota, obviously out. Will Fuller, for personal reasons, we hope everything's okay with him. Uh, OBJ, officially ruled out for week two as well. Not sure when we're going to see him. It could be week three. And obviously, Curtis Samuel not playing, still in the short-term IR. But when we start, we want to talk about the Detroit backfield. Everybody's freaking out about DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And yes, they were limited in practice two days in a row. But this is sort of what we expected with Swift. This is the management, the the load management regimen we expected with Swift that I talked about all offseason. It doesn't really matter at this point until it matters, if that makes sense. If we see Swift's volume start to reduce in the middle of the season, or we see that he's not on there, out there on passing downs, if Jamal Williams starts taking goal line carries, that's when you start to worry. But do not forget, DeAndre Swift is not risk-free. On top of this chronic groin issue that has not gone away, he also has a concussion from 2020. DeAndre Swift, super talented, uber talented. He showed us what he can do in week one. Just understand that he's not risk-free. Jamal Williams, also with a chest injury, not entirely sure what that's about. This is mostly a pain tolerance issue for Jamal Williams. I would expect both of them to be active, and unless something goes downhill, 
they should be productive. A couple of pass catchers that popped up on the injury report on Friday are Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, obviously for the Colts. Pittman had an ankle issue. Paris Campbell's dealing with a, quote, abdomen issue. Could be a chronic groin strain that's coming up for him at this point. They were both limited. It would I would say it's not a big deal, uh, but you do have to pay attention to it simply because they did pop up as limited and are both questionable. They, they, do, they both should be active. There shouldn't be a problem. But I think this is just a little bit of a reminder that Zach Pascal is, he might be for real. He might be that wide receiver three that could sneak up on you and, and be a contributor for you simply because these two dudes aren't 100%. So just something to keep in mind. Lastly, I did want to talk about Zach Ertz. He does have this history of hamstring issues. And even though he's expected to be active and yes, he's expected to be out there and he did practice on Friday. Here is Zach Ertz's injury history. 2015 hamstring, 2016 hamstring, 2017 hamstring, 2019 hamstring. Here we are in 2021. Lo and behold, a hamstring issue. If the 30 year old cannot stay on the field, Dallas Cotter becomes very viable and very attractive. So this is basically less of a Zach Ertz take and more of a stash Dallas Goddard if you have the bench space. Again, we don't hope for injury. We don't count on injury. We don't bank on injury. But if you're trying to gain an advantage on the field, you use injury probabilities and not injury plausibilities. The last thing here, John U. Smith, limited with a hip issue. There's no telling with New England. This could be nothing. This could be something. It's more than likely nothing. I wouldn't worry too much yet about John U. Smith. Other players that were on the injury report but were full practice and shouldn't be have any issues on the field. Ben Roethlisberger, Brian Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Darnell Mooney, Devontae Parker, Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to play. Eric Ebron did end up being full practice, and he should be out there uh, this week. Ton of other players, not a lot of issues. I do want to get into the mailbag because we're starting a mailbag segment now on the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. So the first question I really like here, this is from Zach uh, at HBTC underscore 472 on Twitter. He says, favorite cover that's better than the original song. I think you have to start this one, obviously, with Whitney Houston. Uh, I Will Always Love You, originally by Dolly Parton. Obviously, everybody knows that. But the way Whitney could belt that out, man, what a song. You also have to think about Hurt by Johnny Cash. I think just uh, everywhere that he had been in his career to that point, singing that song, it was just one of those things that you felt was... I don't know. Unique? Hurt by Johnny Cash is another good one. And I know I'm giving three, but it's my podcast. I do whatever I want. The third one is Love the Way You Lie, part one and two, which was actually written by Skylar Gray uh, and her producer, Alex DeKid and Eminem. Uh, obviously, Rihanna sang it and she was on the hit, but Skylar Gray actually wrote and recorded that demo first. And then Rihanna decided to come on board. Um, this is another case where I think Rihanna did it better. And I mean, both versions are really good. If you haven't heard them, go listen to Love the Way You Lie, uh, part one and two. Most people have heard part one. If you haven't heard part two, in my opinion, it's actually a better version. I'll do one more. This is my buddy Trey Lance Tracker at BSAAS25 on Twitter. Texas barbecue or KC barbecue? Listen, I was in Kansas City for most of my adult life until last year. Joe's barbecue... Jack Stack Barbecue and Q39 are untouchable. There's, I've never been to Texas. I get it. I've never been to Texas. I know Texas likes to think they do everything bigger. Um, not so sure about that. I would be shocked if Texas Barbecue is better 
than Kansas City Barbecue. And uh, that's just that on that. And I don't want to say anything else on the matter. If you disagree and you've never had Kansas City Barbecue, you are missing out. Go watch Patrick Mahomes throw five touchdowns in a game, followed by a visit to any of those three fine establishments, three those fine three eateries that I just mentioned. Those were the two best questions I got. I'm going to keep doing this. So keep sending the questions my way. Good luck in week two.